This is the CU 2.0 podcast with your host, Robert McGarvey. Big new ideas about credit unions. Big new ideas about credit unions. CU 2.0 podcast. Now just may be the worst of times. Economy in recession, COVID-19 pandemic. Hard times, but, but this also is an opportunity for credit unions to reinvent themselves by reimagining their roles and taking an active part in helping to limit what many experts see as a coming eviction crisis. As renters by the millions who have suffered enormous economic hardships in the COVID-19 pandemic are put out on the streets. What if credit unions made available emergency loan funds to help renters avoid that outcome? That's the question Jake Schlachter, executive director of We Own It, is asking. Filene now has joined forces with him. Welcome to this CU 2.0 podcast special edition. Call it the eviction crisis. An eviction crisis with a possible answer. That's because Schlachter says that a starting point is that many credit unions have more set aside than the 7 to 8% in excess capital required by the regulator. He asks, what if those institutions use some of that money to help renters avoid eviction? What if credit unions just might be seen as community heroes? Suddenly, pretty much nobody in the United States would no longer know the difference between banks and credit unions. Banks are the people leading evictions, credit unions are the people fighting to stop evictions. Schlachter has sent out a letter to the CEOs of 1,430 credit unions with assets above $100 million and significant excess capital. In the show notes, there's a link to the letter. Now what happens? Listen to the podcast. You'll hear Schlachter's hopes and dreams. This is a challenge to just about every credit union, but the need is real. Possible payoffs are also real. That's why we did a special edition podcast on this. It's urgent times. Coming towards the end of the month, more evictions may be happening. Maybe your credit union can take a role. Listen to what Schlachter has to say and decide what you can make of it. Hey, Robert. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? You know what I've been saying? I'm doing as best as can be, you know, considered under the circumstances. Well... I will say this, I think you're bringing heartburn to credit union executives, and that's probably a good thing. How's that? Uh, asking them to scrape off some of their excess capital is, is, is uh, this, this is, um, uh, this is creating heartburn, I'm sure. How are we going to divide this up? Uh, essentially, there's two topics here. There's the topic of uh, the eviction issue and getting credit unions to set aside a fund for that. Then there's this other project that you're working on with Filene to set up, what's it, six to 20 credit unions to start a mutual aid society? You know, to me, it's the same issue. I mean, I mean to me, it's, it's, we need to help credit unions reimagine their role um, out of their silos. You know, that's, that's a cliche, but it's so true, right? Um, to not just be looking at their own balance sheet, but to be looking at the community's balance sheet, to not be thinking about what they can do individually for their member owners, but to be thinking about what they can do as one of a coalition of community institutions um, that can take care of not just member owners, but future potential member owners, uh, not yet member owners out in the community. So our call for emergency loans and emergency lending is not just to existing member owners, it's to people whose next stop would otherwise be eviction court. It's for people who are who are being brought into the credit union by, you know, by their faith leader or 
uh, by the, 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 you know, executive of the food pantry or, or even their landlord, right? Um, <laughs> it's like, why don't we get the landlords to recognize, you know, if we get the credit unions to lend, we get the landlords to recognize that you can, you know, I'm trying to come up with my metaphors here. You can't get blood from a stone, but, you know, maybe instead of referring your, uh, your, your tenant to eviction court, you refer them to their credit union. Um, and then they're able to access a loan that keeps them in their home. Uh, and that also, you know, keeps the landlord whole because you got 50% of the country roughly is, is mom and pop landlords. Um, and, you know, just moratoriums on rent do not solve their problem. So, so this is something where the credit unions really can step in and make a big difference. Those moratoriums are, in certain respects, kind of silly. You know, as I understand it, what what it says is, okay, fine, you don't have to pay rent for X months, but eventually you're going to have to pay all that back rent. Plus, you may have to pay penalties for non-payment, a bunch of other things on top of it. But if you haven't been working for those X months, you don't have the money. It's it's right. it's farcical. It's fictitious. Right. And so, so the, the, the concept of the moratorium is incredibly problematic. Like, number one, we don't currently have a moratorium. We have what seems to be, you know, some kind of fig leaf that makes everybody think that the problem has been taken care of, but is not actually providing relief and people are being forced out of their homes. Right. So in the initial calls I got while I was, you know, talking through the idea with some credit union CEOs, retired folks, et cetera, um, you know, the number one response I got back was, well, what about the CDC eviction ban, right? Problem solved. Um, and so the, the most urgent thing I think to do is to make sure that every credit union CEO in the country understands that there is no eviction moratorium right now, that this is an incredibly urgent issue, that it's been obscured because of the CDC's action, but it has not been solved. And they need to bring the same amount of urgency to this challenge for their communities uh, and they're vulnerable people that are members and not yet members that they would if there had been no federal action whatsoever. And the second issue is exactly, you know, as you pointed out, that, um, you know, eventually that rent is going to come due, moratorium or no. Um, and so, you know, someone who, who has been laid off, let's say, who does get a job um, and would be able to pay one month's rent, but not six months rent, you know, are they still going to be evicted? when the moratorium's out? Uh, and the answer is we don't know. Uh, we, we, we've really, we have not seen a functional response from the federal government since April. And, um, and you know, we, we have to hope and pray that we'll see one uh, next year, but that in the meantime, the credit unions are this incredibly important stopgap resource that while we're waiting for a functional response from the federal government, the credit unions can be enacting these emergency loans to keep people in their homes now and save people from eviction. Whether that's, you know, to help them pay this month's rent or whether they've got a job, um, they don't need help paying this month's rent, but they need help paying their backlog of rents. In either of those cases, credit unions, emergency lending uh, is, is a great solution. Do credit unions still see themselves that way? I know Filene certainly saw credit unions as having that as their purpose. And many founders of the original credit unions saw credit unions that way. Do they still see themselves that way? I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at credit unions as having a social and community role as opposed to simply being a financial institution. Well, that's in their DNA, right? So whether... Wait, whether wait, wait. It's, it's, it may, it, maybe it's in their historic DNA, but it's in, in their current DNA. Well, you only got one set of DNA, Right. 
And if you blow the dust off the charter and you look at the original mission of credit unions, look at what they were founded to do, you look at when they were founded in the Great Depression, right? In the last time that our market and our government failed in a, in a horribly spectacular way uh, for working people. Um, that's when our credit unions were born. They were born out of a mutual self-help organizing social movement. All we are doing is trying to remind people of, of that history and that founding vision and mission. Um, and so it may be that the people currently occupying the chairs that the founders created do not necessarily know that history or do not necessarily see it and agree uh, with the mission and vision. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, credit unions are, are a multi-generational resource. Um, we, people of my generation inherited them, right, from our, from our ancestors, and we take care of them in order to bequeath them to our sons and daughters um, and the next generation. Uh, and so we understand that there, there, will be, there will be many people sitting in those chairs and there's an opportunity at any time for there to be a renewal of the original mission and founding principles of the organization. And that's what we're seeking. We're seeking a real renewal to recognize that the, the credit union's vision is on the outside of its organization, not the inside. And both my parents were Episcopal priests, right? Uh, and so they, they called my dad the, the free range pastor uh, because he understood that, you know, he had, a, <laughs> he had a good staff in place and the work required inside of, of the church was being very well taken care of by a very competent staff. Uh, and his role and his mission was on the outside of the walls. The best food co-ops that I've ever seen understood that exact same relationship with their community, that that you know, the, the operations were well taken care of by, by their excellent staff and their real work was on the outside of the community, forging coalitions with other aligned, you know, mission and values aligned community institutions, congregations, nonprofits, schools, hospitals, uh, the other anchors and pillars of that community. Uh, building those coalitions, finding out what are the urgent needs of our community, who's not being served, how can the cooperative be in coalition with these other institutions to, to make sure that, that these needs are being served. I mean, that's, that's not just the founding vision uh, and principle for that particular cooperative, that's the, that's the founding mission for all cooperatives, right? It's not, uh, it's not about you know, maximizing shareholder value, it's about serving members' needs. Uh, and so, so, in a sense, all we're calling for is for credit unions to take a moment and to think about what are the members and not yet members needs that are urgent and going unserved right now and to ask the question, how can our credit union be in coalition with other institutions in our community, a resource for filling those needs? Now, one worry I think in a lot of credit union executive suites is worries about what amounts to an economic collapse that puts a lot of bad loans on their books. So you can say they have excess, excess capital. They would say it's only prudent given the uncertainties that we face today. What would you respond to that? In my letter to the CEOs, I, I laid out, you know, nobody knows what's excess for an individual credit union. 
that is based on the risk profile of the credit union and and understandably right now there's a lot of uncertainty about the risk of, of loans that are already on the books. Um, so we don't know exactly what the amount of lending that a credit union could do. At the same time, a lot of that risk is, is supposed to be taken care of by the 7% minimum net worth ratio required by, by NCUA, by the regulator. Um, and so what we're really talking about is the amount of capital they have in the books beyond the 7%. So, it, you know, is the risk that the credit union gets, you know, gets down to 0% because of the outstanding risk of the loans on their balance sheet? Or is the risk that because of the you know, risk in, in the loans on their balance sheet, they get down to 8% and they still have a, a, full, a full 8% of reserves. You know, they, they, got, they, got, uh, they got their powder still very dry uh, for come what may. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is, you know, I don't know what that may look like for an individual credit union, but I do know that there are people in that credit union CEO's community that are facing eviction now. And so, you know, the idea is that <laughs> how, many, how many seats are there in the lifeboat? I don't know, but there are empty seats today at a lot of credit unions. Um, some of them may not be able to do that. You know, we didn't, send, we didn't send a letter to every credit union. We looked at how much capital was actually on the books um, and we made a decision based on that. And so, uh, you know, there are some that, that didn't receive the letter and we want to follow up with them and find out what are the opportunities that they might have to work with other credit unions so that some of the capital may be coming from other sources um, to be able to lend to their communities. But as long as credit unions as, as a sector have empty seats on our lifeboats, then we should be pulling people in from the water all around us. Right? Not so many, <laughs> we don't pull in so many that we sink the lifeboat, um, but we do have an obligation, I believe, a, a moral responsibility uh, to make sure that we don't have empty seats in our lifeboats as long as there are people in the water. You have some support from Filene. Have you had any contact with um, the principal trade associations, CUNA and NAFQ, or state leagues? Uh, no, haven't heard from them yet. Have you sent your, your documents to them? We did. And you've gotten back silence? Well, it's pretty early yet, and there was a whole lot else that happened on Friday. So you, you just distributed this stuff on Friday. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see if you get a response from them. Uh, so what do you hope to be doing in this regard, say, 60 days from now? Rents due in 10 days, right? And so, you know, what we, what we felt a lot of urgency on our side, my team, to do was to make sure that every credit union CEO understood that this this ban on evictions was a mirage, right? And so if they felt that the credit union was, was doing enough because, you know, nobody's being evicted right now, we needed to correct that perception and let them know that actually this is an all hands on deck moment. And so that was the letter on Friday. The next step is to see, <laughs> is to see what response, right? We reached out and we want to see who reaches back. So we've, we've, gotten, uh, we've gotten a few early responses already, uh, including a couple that were very positive. Um, and and uh, a few that have illustrated the emergency lending that they're already doing. And so that's wonderful. Um, so really, it's for us, it's a little bit of curiosity right now, right? We're doing some listening. We spoke, um, and now we want to do some listening, and we want to find out, like, how is it received? 
Um, are we going to hear back more from, from credit unions that have emergency loan programs already? Are we going to get a sense for, for what, you know, what the strengths of these programs are, maybe what the gaps are, that we might be able to reflect back to the community and, um, and, and, and be a resource in that sense? Are we going to have uh, more requests to meet? Um, you know, we got one, one that was kind of, you intrigued us. Uh, we'd like to learn more. Uh, when can we meet? Are, are we going to have uh, 10 of those? Are we going to have 100 of those? And so, you know, what we're, we're hoping is there is an opportunity to then start bringing together and building some community among the, the leaders of these credit unions that want to take action or that are already taking action. Uh, and can, you know, I mean, we're, we're organizers, Robert, you know that. And so, you know, we don't, we don't want to be doing anything by ourselves. We don't want credit union CEOs to have to do anything by themselves. We want to bring back democratic organizing to our democratic cooperatives. Um, so we want to figure out what are the ways that we can take action uh, collectively as, as a credit union sector um, and, uh, and move forward together. Have you gotten any negative feedback? I got one interesting letter back uh, from a CEO that uh, felt like an invitation to dialogue from uh, radically different starting perspectives. Um, he, uh, the CEO, dismissed the idea that there was an eviction crisis, uh, that there are no evictions, and that the, the, the concept of an, of an eviction crisis itself is uh, liberal propaganda. Um, and so I thought, well, that's, that's, that's an invitation because I wonder, you know, I wonder if the, um, if the, you know, the, the heads of the food pantries, uh, in his area feel the same way. I wonder if the, uh, if the leaders of the local Episcopal church feel the same way. And so those are, those are some of the folks that I wonder, could we, could we then kind of facilitate a convening, uh, between the head of the credit union and the head of some of these other institutions that may be more familiar with the problem? Um, in a way that, you know, doesn't, doesn't provide more fuel for, for some of the current partisan political hot buttons that divide us right now, but instead provides a way for people to come together in dialogue and deliberation and have an exchange of views and perhaps leave with a little bit of relationship and maybe a little bit of appreciation uh, for other perspectives. So I, I don't know if I'd consider that negative. I would just consider that an invitation to be in relationship uh, from a, a what seems like a wide gap in our starting perspective. Now, I, I live in Phoenix, and the local newspaper, the Arizona Republic, has done several stories on ordinary humdrum citizens who've been out of work for a long time and are now homeless. It's, uh, so is that a crisis? I don't know but they're very poignant stories of people who'd been working for many years and at not particularly high paid jobs. So they didn't have a lot of savings. And when their job went away, eventually their landlord lost patient and they were out patients and they were out on the street. So it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked uh, by the re reporting from the NPR journalist that, that 99 out of the hundred cases that their journalists witnessed, um, you know, the moratorium or the eviction ban did nothing. I, I, I thought there'd be a high percentage of cases, you know, slipping through the gaps and the loopholes. I didn't think it would be 99 out of 100. That's distressing. We are in the precipice of a significant social crisis. We're probably already pretty well into it, actually. And I'm, I'm interested that you see credit unions having that role, which 
again, as, as we agree, that's why they were formed in the first place. But a lot of have lost sight of that mission. And it's, it's not just the, that the forgetting has happened on the credit union side. I think the forgetting has happened on, on civic society side. You know, I mean, we own its role as, as kind of a convening network, right? Um, and we try to we try to span a number of other networks and other you know a number of other kind of issue areas um, in organizing. And uh, it's it's always surprising to me that the the fellow organizers we meet we meet um, you know not only are not thinking of credit unions and incorporating that into their own vision and their own strategies. Um, but are not even aware of what credit unions are or, or that uh, credit unions are democratically owned and have a democratically elected board of directors and have a social mission. Uh, we're founded in the Great Depression. I mean, like, like the, you know, there's, there's a very necessary piece of education. Uh, it's not just member education about how the credit union is supposed to work, although that would, you know, probably if that reached about 120 million Americans, that would probably go a long way. Um, it, you know, it's also, it's also education um, of, of that this basic resource exists um, to folks, you know, that maybe not be part of credit unions, um, but would be if they knew credit unions exist. You know, I, I've heard plenty of credit union folks say that, that theirs is the best kept secret and credit unions have trouble telling their story. I, you know, on the one hand, I agree with that. On the other hand, it's like, well, credit unions work really hard to not tell their story. You know, it, it would be so easy to just stand up and raise your hand when any of the crises of the last 10, 20 years have come down the pipe um, and say, you know, this is what a credit union is and this is why it's different. The, the Great Recession in 2008, um, uh, you know, I mean, just, just rocked this country. We still have not recovered from that economic crisis before we were faced with the next one. How did credit unions use that that crisis as an opportunity to to tell not just their members but the american public why credit unions are different and why their money would be better in a mission aligned cooperative financial institution than than an investor owned one this is such a moment right with 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 the covid depression uh, illustrating exactly the circumstances in which credit unions were born and founded and exactly those incredibly urgent crisis moments when we most need credit unions. I, I, I can only present an opportunity for credit unions to stand up and say, we are going to act. We are going to show America how we are different. Right now, banks are foreclosing credit unions could be keeping Americans in their home. I, I am certain that if the credit union sees this moment, make emergency loans, make it their mission that, that they, they are going to drive evictions in their community down to zero, uh, as, or as, as good a job as they can with the resources they have, and to, to build the coalitions necessary to make that happen, to shelter Americans through this, you know, the darkest part of the tunnel that we're about to enter, Every American would know what a credit union is right, coming out of this. You know, also engender a lot of goodwill and, and political currency uh, with some of the, the changes that credit unions want to make uh, with regards to their regulation. Uh, I, I happen to think that, um, you know, <laughs> an incoming Congress, an incoming presidential administration would look upon any of those actions with a lot of favor if 
if they knew that the credit unions were responsible for stepping in when the federal government had failed to act to keep people in their homes. Well, let's see what happens. It's, uh, I think what you're doing is fascinating, Jake. It's, uh, I guess I have a certain amount of cynicism about credit unions. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I enjoy so much about our conversations, Robert, um, is, you know, there, there, there's, there's reason for a certain amount of cynicism, but at the same time, you know, there's always hope. It's just what we hope for changes. That's why I keep plugging away on credit unions. I, I have hope. The CU 2.0 podcast.